Patrick. And I'm Alex. And this is Swirl Talk 901. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody, we're going to we today is 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 a special day because it's it's one of my favorite types of episodes we do, which is our what do you call it, sassy swirl talk, showing our sass, Sh- showing our sass, mm-hmm. where we just kind of sit here and we we I, me mostly because Alex, of course, will never be that person, but. I talk a lot of shit about what I see out there in the world, and I'm just, like, here for it. So if you want to come for anybody, please come for me. I look forward to it. I'd love to hear your feedback on it. Um, And then I'll tell you how you're wrong and then go about our business. (laughs) And this is one of the things that really brought up our podcast is just our banter with each other and how we balance each other out. I guess you could. Yeah, I I, I like to say we balance each other out, but honestly, I'm just trying to bring you a little bit closer to the dark side so that one day Alex is just going to explode on someone. I'll be like, that's my girl. I love that. I feel like I've gotten a little sassier with, Mm -hmm. you know, as our episodes have gone on. Oh, yeah. You definitely definitely have. Great. I love that. I'm learning a lot from you. (laughs) God. That ego is already. <laughs> it just gets bigger and bigger. Well, and bigger and I wanted bigger. to try something a little different this time. Um, we're all about our audience and our communities and taking ideas from the communities and, and talking about what you guys want to talk about and um, are interested in. And the queen of our focus group yes. is always a wealth of suggestions and you know feedback um, for us. And we really, really appreciate her. She sent me this video um, that she found on TikTok, and it is very indicative to our our current climate of police brutality and kind of bringing awareness to that on our show, which is something yes. that's very important to us. Um, yes. Is highlighting the marginalized and the in the vulnerable communities and h- how they are. Um, you know, the ways that we can stand up and we can voice the the side of the truth here. And, um, you know, she she suggested this video because of our conversations that we've had and the tough ones that we've had, because this is a tough video. Yeah. It's, it's tough to see um, our people being treated, our, our brothers and sisters and the people of color um, being treated so poorly and, and inhumanely by the police, by the powers that be in this systemic racism. Um, And Patrick, is there anything that you want to say about the video before we watch it? I want to say, first of all, we here at Swirl Talk 901, we're all about directness. And this video honestly cannot be more direct than it already is. It points out the major problems in not only that area, but also in the country itself. And I, I it, when I watched it, I, I happened to watch it before our, our Alex had brought it to me. And I was like, oh yeah, I wanted, I, I wanted to talk about this with someone. Like someone, because I just, I can't understand what in the world is going on here 
and the people involved. I just mm-hmm. completely shocked me. So yeah, I, I definitely am excited that the queen brought this forward to us. So in this video, to give a bit of a description, there's a young man, a young black man who's walking down the sidewalk and the Seattle police have tons of vehicles out and these huge assault weapons pointed at this young man who is holding, it looks like a small Bluetooth speaker and his cell phone. And he's just walking down the street and he was talking on his phone, had the speaker, whatever. And they're, they're pointing all these weapons at him and saying that he was doing something, saying that he must've been saying that he had a gun, saying that he had something on him and that he was somehow a threat to this neighborhood or people around him. Mm -hmm. And what you see is a community of people coming out of their homes and saying, talking to the police and saying, what, you know, what are you saying? He, he doesn't have anything. They're standing up for this man who's literally like his life is in danger right now because of the police. Like the police are threatening his life right now. We've seen so many times, far too many times we've seen it. And way more than that, it happens. And it's not caught on video that lives are taken by the police. Yes. For no reason. Very much so. And so what you see in this video is this scared man who is out walking, holding his Bluetooth speaker in his phone. And now he's staring at the barrel of these police guns. And you see these communities come, these people in the community coming out and defending him, walking toward him and really like showing off to the police. Like, what are you even doing here? Like we're, he's scared of you. We're scared of you right now. We're not scared of him. Like he's not doing anything. We're scared of you because you've got all the. Yeah. So um, we're going to play the audio of it and we'll also include a link to the video itself um, so that you can watch it and kind of see what we're seeing as we're watching this. The audio really speaks Mm -hmm. to it very well. Neighbors, they say, likely say, a black man's life by responding in this way. My God, I'm so confused. Like, what are they even talking about? I don't have no weapon, sir. He's holding a phone. I have no weapon. This is a speaker. I don't have anything on me. We're much more scared of the police in this situation than this guy. Can you guys calm down? Calm the down. He has nothing on it. He has nothing on it. I know I can't see anything either. Do you want you want me to walk up with you, man? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm gonna walk up with you, okay? Bro, I'm just getting on the ground. I'm not even walking anywhere. They, they don't care if you have a gun. Oh my God, this is crazy. 
here because my brother didn't do anything. And they literally just had guns, literally aimed at my brother. These cops had guns aimed at my brother. In Seattle, what's up? Give me a flight, I'm leaving tomorrow. Y'all just tried to assassinate my brother, bitch. Talk about shots. All right, y'all don't catch me. Walter. Let me tell you why these cops left. They left because they clearly saw the man they were about to assault or have adverse engagement with whatever they wanted to do. They left without that engagement because they clearly saw a community had his back. This is what happens when we are a coalition. This is what happens when we operate in a spirit of unity. This is what happens when we are more concerned about drawing circles rather than drawing lines. So one of the things I really, that really struck me, because I mean, we've talked about quote unquote white saviors before, and we discussed how they, swoop in to save, quote unquote, save young black people or young people that are usually of a different race or, or what have you. And so I loved how I, I loved how everybody just sort of swooped in. I mean, they saved him. They they actually saved his life. And, and I'm glad that we did have white saviors on this on this situation. But everybody's like, leave him the hell alone. He has Absolutely nothing. He's got a speaker. And then at the end, this one cop is like, okay, we need to just, you know, we need to head out of here. And his his fellow officer is like, why? And he's like, and the guy just kind of looks at him. He's like, let's get out of here because we don't we want gotta to go. be right. We don't want to be those people who are who are caught in this. And I just I I wonder what you think about this episode or not not this 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 issue that happened and then my second question to you would be would you be willing to stand up for this person would you be willing to stand up for this complete stranger who's just walking down the street maybe his music is a little too loud maybe that's why they someone called the police on him uh, and he happened to be um WWE walking while black and they were like you know what we need to bring the SWAT in we need to mm -hmm. have as many people as possible there that was just crazy in case police this goes action. crazy that, just, that was that was so many officers and big like freaking military shit right so that's exactly it. I mean I don't want to say kid because he's a young man but he is like did like, not and, look threatening at and all the fear in his voice as he's like like he's like I don't want this. I don't, this is not what, this is not what I intended to happen. This is not what this is supposed to be. And it's like, you're, you're kind of sitting there. You're like, what the hell? Cause I, I know if I was in that situation, I would have been mouthing off to the cops 
And I would have been that person that would have been shot. I would have been that person who who honestly would have been killed because I have no respect for anybody in that type of situation. I'm just like, why the fuck are you yeah. coming here messing with me? Why in the hell do you feel the need to bother me at this time? You know, I'm just walking down the street, mm-hmm. whatever. And I, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. So I just, I want to know, would you have, would you have stood up for that young man in that situation as well? And if you, and if you weren't able to, I'd love to know why, because I mean, we're all about justice and speaking and and saying what we, what we don't want or don't like happening. It's one thing to say something, but it's another thing completely to be about it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I'm also no. trying to put you on the but spot. But you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, I, I, hundred percent, want to be able to say yes, I would, and I hope that in that situation I would. Um, I, I feel like I would. Um, I, I just, I, I can't help but think about times when I've been in situations where I haven't stood up and said as much as I should have. Right. So that's what makes me like, I, I feel like I would absolutely step in if this man's life was in danger. I want right. 100% say that I would do that. Um, but I can't act totally innocent of, you know, you know, I can't act like I've never um, been meek when I shouldn't have been right. or was silent when I should have spoken out. Um I was absolutely outraged by the way that the the cops acted there. And I think that um, I think that I would have reacted that same way, but also the same way that the um, that the people in the community, that guy specifically, the guy who you could hear his voice the most was saying like he was yelling and getting mad at the cops and cussing them and everything. Um, So I was kind of when I was watching it, I was sitting here thinking, is this an example of white saviorism? Um, and I, I think maybe it is, but maybe not in a bad way. Maybe oh, it's completely using completely not in a bad yeah, way. I maybe mean, this, it's using this is your, one of those times where they were needed and yeah. they actually spoke out and did yeah. what they should have done in this situation. They were there to help um, deal with the problem that that the police were trying to, I can't even say what they were trying to do. I have no idea what they were trying to do. I have no idea what the goal of it was. It would have was. been like far too many. I mean, it is, and and it would have been like far too many of the situations that we've seen yeah. where most likely that man's life would have been taken for no reason. Exactly. And, and just then, like the brother was shouting, you know, that, I mean, that chilling, you know, interaction with his brother saying you know you're pointing guns at my brother for no like look at all of these guns you have on him this is crazy and and he was on the phone with his mom and he's like mom i'm not doing anything exactly and that's just like yeah i i I want to i I can confidently say that i would absolutely step up in that situation um i just can't act like i never have um you know because i can think of recent examples even where i should have um spoken up more than I did and it kind of spurs me to uh to learn more because I felt like I, you know I didn't have the right thing to say in that moment and it sparks me to learn more 
Um, kind of got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I, did, I wasn't prepared for that question. I mean, it is something, it is something that we have to think about. How and brave are we? we? How, you know, how brave are we in those situations? Like we can sit here and talk about this and, you know, the company of the like-minded, but when you're yeah. out there actually putting your life on the line for someone else. You Would know? you have been willing to be that person to be like, hey, this is not okay. You can't you can't threaten this young man because that's essentially what they were doing. They were just oh, like, yeah. Yeah. put your weapons down, get life. on the ground. And he's sitting there with a, with a speaker, like a speaker and his phone talking to his mother, his mother on the phone, who I imagine was absolutely terrified. And she was yeah. just like, what the fuck? Like, it just doesn't, Make it make sense. Make it make sense. And I'm so glad that his, that there were people out there to defend him mm-hmm. and to show that he was not doing anything wrong. But also in the same regard, okay, so there's so many, there's so many other questions I have about this. Like, what were the cops doing there at all? Like clearly mm-hmm. somebody called mm-hmm. on this young man who was playing his music. Because I mean, clearly he was playing music loud because he had a speaker. Does, yeah, so. if he had a speaker. Like, right. We didn't see what happened before, but when he was shouting like, "This is a speaker," and right? He exactly. He was going to get on the ground. So clearly, that, he was playing it alluded loud music. to that. Yeah. But he's not far from home because his brother was right there, and he was talking to his brother. And it's just like you got guns on this young man who clearly has no weapons on his person that you could see. Let's let's put it that way because. Mm-hmm. In his hands was a phone and a speaker. Mm-hmm. The cops could see that. People around him could see that. There was nothing, there was no guns on him per se. Now, if you want to play devil's advocate and say he could have had a weapon on him, he very well could have. He could have had a gun, he could have had a knife, he could have had anything on him. But it didn't seem that way. He mm-hmm. he practically sounded like he was on the verge of tears. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. like and that's, yeah. that's all I can say about this. Cause it's like, it could have gone totally left. It could have gone to like a horrible situation. Something could have happened. Yeah. And then what? And I have to think about there are a couple of things that really come to mind here. The kind of the anger in the white man's voice who was going out there to help him. Mm-hmm. You know, at first I was like, ooh, that's a little, that's a little dangerous to, mm-hmm. you know, to come at him with that amount of anger um, just because it could, it, right. you know, especially if there aren't that, those cameras out and everything, it could escalate right. the situation. Um, but I think it just, it took it to another level when he asked him, could he approach him? Could he yeah. come stand there with him? Could he be, be beside him? Yeah. Um, I think that's why I was kind of on the fence about how I felt about that that interjection there mm-hmm. and um, whether it would be more helpful or or harmful. Um, well, I appreciated the way he asked because mm-hmm. he didn't just start walking up to him. Brazen, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Right, exactly. He was like, hey, do you mind if I come stand beside you? Because that's one of those things that even when people are trying to or seem to be trying to defend you or trying to help you, if you just walk up on someone, you have no idea if that person, if that's their true intentions Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm going to help you, but slick, 
man, I'm getting close to him. I'm taking him down so you can come to your job. No, you know, yeah. just straight up, hey, I'm going to help you in this situation. And you you hear about, and of course we've seen about all these stories where cops are, are killing um, young, people of color, like left and right. Right and here. <laughs> some of them are not deserving of this. Now, I'm not, I'm never one of those people who's going to say that, you know, um, like me and a friend were talking about this the other day and we were discussing the death penalty. Well, we weren't discussing the death penalty. We were discussing justification of someone being killed. And I honestly am one of those people who feels like if you take someone's life, if you murder someone, your life is automatically forfeit. Like there's no discussion to ask to say, hey, did you kill them? Did you have a justifiable reason for killing them? Nope. There, there's, you took someone's life that you should not have taken. Your life is forfeit. That's it for you. You don't get, you don't get to go to court. You don't get to spend thousand dollars taking care of you while you're in the legal system and stuff like that. You don't get your day in court. You took someone's life. So your life is forfeit. And if that means someone shoots you, someone takes your head off, someone, I mean, I'm strictly an eye for an eye in that capacity. I was just about to say, so you are an eye for an eye, like in the moment executioner. Yes, because I feel that once you've taken someone's life, you don't get a say-so in what happens to your life. Your life belongs to that person whose life you took. So if that means that you now belong to that next of kin's life, yeah, you do. You don't you don't get you don't get that option of saying, okay, so now what happens to me? I I feel that I did this, but I don't deserve the punishment. So I'm just gonna go, nope, no, no, you Finito, you're done. That's all. So and my best friend, or you know, she's one of my best friends, she was just like well, I feel like there's a just, no, there's like, I don't care if you had a psychotic break. I don't care if your mind just like sort of vamped out and you just did something in retaliation. That means nothing to me. You took someone's life. And unless they were physically harming you, there that's the only way that I can be like, okay, they don't deserve to die because they were protecting themselves. If you had a fit of anger and so you just, lost your mind and you were just like, oh gosh, I snapped and the next thing I woke up, their blood was on my hands. No, no, that that's not valid. That's you don't you don't get a pass for me for that. So, so as it relates to this situation, you mean like the officers who are killing? Yes. The, like once yes. they once they shot someone who did not have any harm meant for them. Like if this person's running away and they are a murderer, shoot the shit out of them. They're done for. That's it. But if this person robs someone and they're running away, do you, does that justify you killing them? Hell no. You don't get to no. you don't get to kill them because of that. Um if they were selling illegal CDs, you don't get to choke them to death. If they were speeding and you pulled them over, they don't get to die in your jail cell two days later. Mm-hmm. If they're walking down the street and you don't feel like you belong in that neighborhood. You don't get to hold them up at gunpoint and then shoot them because you felt like they were angry or too too agitated to deal with. You don't get or that. Or if they're right. jogging. Or if right. they're sleeping. It, exactly. You don't get to kill them. 
That's not okay. If you bust into their house in the middle of the night to do a search warrant or something like that, and they're like, what the fuck? You don't get to shoot them because they got upset about that. That's not okay. So as soon as they did that, their lives are forfeit. Whoever's whoever's bullet took that person's life, that's it. They don't they don't get a say so in that. And I feel that while we as regular people, and I mean regular people in the sense of we as non-police officers. Civilians. Civilians. We don't we are get, not regular. Right. <laughs> Excuse my stupid. (laughs) We as civilians do not get to. I understand that you took that. You took that position in life. You decide that you want to serve and protect. Well, who are you serving and protect by doing that? Who is who is that benefiting? Are you benefiting yourself? Are you benefiting your family? Are you? Do you feel that this person was just too wild? uh, They got too angry at me. You're a cop, man. You situations and prevent this stuff from happening and you just made it worse by putting 15 bullets into a person with no weapons on them whatsoever who did not deserve that that mm-hmm. you know i um i went to school for criminal justice i went to college i have a degree bachelor's in criminal justice um and i studied corruption and I really, I sought for years, I sought a job uh, in the field. And I, you know, re- was trying to go for even, you know, to be a police officer. Um, really? I did, yeah. I had no idea yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes me think of you differently. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have to well, I've got to be right? honest, you know, like I, I've, I've known a lot of, of good cops through my life and a lot of good people who are in the legal system. But um and I guess I don't necessarily have to say, but, and I know that I was going into it for the wrong reasons. I know that I was angry and I wanted to assert power and dominance over someone. And that's the example that I saw often in, um, in that position. And I kind of touted the, uh, the attitude that I wanted to better the system and that I wanted to be a good guy on the inside and everything. And it's not until really now, you know, in the last several years that I've thought about, um, that I've recognized the destructive pattern that, you know, the anger and everything that I had when I was, uh, I didn't think about it from the power perspective when I was in it, you know, I just thought that I wanted to do better and I wanted, I wanted that, but I also, you know, it took a while for me to recognize that um, that I wanted power, and these people are given way too much power. Yes, way too much power, and can just run around here like goddamn cowboys. Yes, it's fucking crazy. Yes, and though yes, I have known some good cops. I really have. They're good people. Also, there have been some fucking jackasses, and even the good ones. I'm like, I would never want to be on the other side of you because you mm-hmm. are kind of a prick. Mm-hmm. And it's they they you know there are they're just given way too much power and defund the police. It's it's crazy that in in growing up, my father always had this he had this mindset of the police. He was like, the police are here to help us to a certain extent. Then 
you have those who feel that they're here to do the job that no one else is willing to do. They're willing to take the law into their own hands. So you've got these cops who are Johnny B. Goods, who, who, who I honestly feel that the best time to be a police officer is your first five years of service. Because you go into it, hopefully, hopefully, you go into it with the right mindset of I'm going to help people. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to protect and serve. Then you have that other, then after that five years, you become slightly jaded because you've seen the darker side of life. You've seen um, people out there killing people who have, you know, for no reason and, and, and drugs and abuse and all this stuff. So then you're you start, underpaid. You're right. overworked. Oh yeah. You you're definitely around underpaid. people. Yeah. You work like around people. I'm sorry not to cut you off, but no, like, no. statistically, the rates of divorce and substance abuse mm-hmm. and alcoholism Physical and abuse. You know, yeah. domestic violence sky high with yeah. police officers making yes. $40,000 a year to work, you know, 12 hour shifts and giving a fucking gun after a few yes. months. Exactly. Exactly. John Wayne training. I'm done. It's, Sorry, it's, no, go it's, ahead. <laughs> it's crazy, but I, I do feel that there are good cops out there. Um, yeah. In my limited interactions with the police, 75% of the time the cops have been completing other dicks. But also in that same regard, I have not been the best person forward for that because like my view of the police is a very jaded view. I do not feel like they're here to serve and protect. I would love for them to be here to serve and protect, but I don't feel like they're here for that. I feel that they are here to to make others feel little beneath them. Can you walk us through, if you feel comfortable, walk us through that progression and, you know, and your view on cops? Because if your dad had a positive view on him, then that meant you as a child were probably susceptible to that viewpoint. So um, when I was 19 years old, there was an incident on Highland where I was at uh, one of their pool halls. And this young man said, I was there with some people from campus and everything. This young man said some very disparaging things to me and called me the N-word. I am not like other people. I, I don't like that word. I don't like using it. I don't like when other people use it. I don't like when black people use it. I don't like when white people use it. But I damn sure don't like it when white people use it. He said it. We got into a tussle. We both went down town. I was there for 15 hours or whatever. And the experience I had with police officers who did happen to be white were just not the best. They kind of, they talked bad to me. They they just, they weren't very polite to me. But to the young man that was there, like, oh, he just, he just kind of lost his mind and this blah, 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 whatever, whatever. So that was my first negative interaction with the cops. Um, I was pulled over one time when I was 24, 25 for an out headlight. Dimrod's headlight was out. Um, cop just kind of put me in the back of the car, squad car, everything had me handcuffed, was asking me if I had anything on me, just went through my car, just kind of really shitty about it. 
That was my second interaction with the police. My third really big interaction was when my car was totaled on um, at the one of the, one of the first houses me and my husband shared. This kid driving on the street Christmas Day was doing circles and stuff like that. Uh, hit the hit the curb and shot up through my neighbor's yard, shot into the back of my car and destroyed it. Uh, someone was at the house at the time. Robert and I were gone. He called us, told us about it. We show up and my car is basically, it looks like my car exploded. So my car is just done. His car is right in front of my porch and the cops are there and they're kind of just talking to this kid and his family. And I walk up and I was like, you know, I don't really say anything, but I walk up and like, can we help you? I was like, yeah, this is my house. And they're like, and, and this is my car. And they're like, oh, okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> it just kind of threw me a little bit. I was like, well, what the hell happened? And the kid starts to explain himself and his dad's like, no, 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 don't say anything. And so cops like, well, apparently and the kid hit it and his tire blew out and he, he ran up into your yard and he hit your car. I was like, okay. I was like, so how fast was he going? And they were like, like 10, 15. No, no, that, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Like he shot up through my neighbor's yard into my yard and slammed into my car. And I mean, he hit my car with such a force that it rammed into my house and knocked the house slightly off foundation. I was just like, he had to have been like going at least 50 or 60. I'm like, no, no, he's going 10 to 15. And I, I turned around and looked at my car, which looked like it exploded. And I posted pictures on Facebook and everything. I was like, look at my car look at his car and look at where he's at. I was like, how do you figure that this, he's going 10 to 15 miles? And like, were you here? No, clearly I wasn't. Then how do you know? And I'm like, I, I was- Cause I had eyes. Like, I was so baffled by that. And so the kid's parents, he's like, don't worry, we'll take care of you or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, do you have insurance? And they're like, no, he doesn't have insurance, but we'll take care. I'm like, look at my car, look at my house, and look at what your kid did, and you're talking about taking care of me. And the cop's like, ah, don't worry about it. It'll be all right. Look at my car. Like, I just, mm -hmm. I kept saying that, and the cop just kind of, he kind of had this look on his face. And my, my, one of my best friends happened to be, you know, Robert her, you know, I called him and told him what happened because we weren't together at the time. And he calls her and he's like, hey, I need you to get over to the house. Something happened. The police are there. I need you to get over there and kind of keep Patrick calm or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so she comes over and she's like, hey, you know, he's upset. Let's just, let's just go back what happened. And they tell her and she's like, so how fast was he going? They were like 10 to 15. And she goes, no, that's impossible. <laughs> like, yeah. like just, he couldn't have been going 10 to 15. And so they're just like telling this, they're just perpetuating this nonsense. And I'm just sitting there getting madder and madder. And then people kept walking up. 
And of course, at this point, it's a scene, it's a spectacle. And it that's pissing me off because I'm feeling embarrassed because this kid has wrecked my car. My shit for my car is all over my yard. And he's talking about he was going 10 to 15 miles an hour. Like, that's impossible. So the cop was being like a dick. He was just like, he's like, are you the police officer? No, I'm the police officer. So you need to listen to what I'm saying. And I'm like, you're full of shit. If you expect me to believe that this kid was just going 10 to 15 miles an hour down the street, how could he have picked up that much speed? He's going 10 to 15 miles an hour to rocket. So then Robert gets there and Robert tells me to calm down. It'll be all right or whatever. I'm like, look what he did to my car. And I'm like to the point of tears. And the kids just sat over there, just him and his friends, just laughing about it, everything. I was like, how many people are in the car? And the kids like four or five. You're in a Camaro. Four or five people in this car and you, you, you're going 10 to 15 miles an hour. Y'all picked air. Slammed into a car, turned around, and I was like, and then how did these, because there were like tread marks in my, my front yard, and I was like, how did these get here? He's like, oh, well, once we hit your, once we hit the porch, we were like, oh, we're going to need to move the car so he could get in his house. You know, we were just looking out for you. And I was just away. like, that guy was just like, okay, we're done. Like, I, I, I we're done. Mm. And the cop comes over. He's like, if you have a problem with what we said, you can talk to him. I, I, I want you all out of my yard. I want y'all off my, my property. I want everybody gone. So that has been my experience with the police. Like, and these weren't even, these, one of the officers was white, one of them was black. And the black officer apparently knew the father. So that's why he was all buddy, buddy with him and everything. Like it just, like white or black, it doesn't matter to me. Cops are just it's a not, systemic issue. Yeah, cops yeah. are just not good people, and it's it's funny how you you have these interactions with people, and people are like, "Well, you could have done it this way. Why should I, who is a victim, have to do it anyway? Other than I'm allowed to be upset, I'm allowed to be pissed, I'm allowed to curse on Christmas fucking day." having my car destroyed, having my house almost destroyed by some little shit doing donuts up and down the street, I'm allowed to be upset about this. Right. I'm, there's no reason to, why I can't be. Yeah, I mean, for people to police your reaction. Exactly. And say, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Um, you know, anytime that they say someone shouldn't have run from the police, um, like, I believe his name was pronounced Tyree Nichols. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people say, well, he shouldn't have uh, the the young man who was killed here in Memphis by the police officers, what, a month ago? Something yeah. like that, a month or two ago. Um, beaten to death in the street mm-hmm. by police officers at a second location after they... It, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The reckless driving, the, the, broadest, the broadest excuse of, you know reasonable suspicion probable mm-hmm. cause whatever you want to say that um that a police officer can pull somebody over reckless driving mm-hmm. um and then the way that they you know attacked him from the jump mm-hmm. and everybody's you know saying well they were black cops they were black cops and 
They were still cops. Like that's, cops. that's the honestly it's that's the only thing I can say. Yeah. And it is it is the perfect example of internalized racism mm-hmm. through through the system, through, mm-hmm. you know, very, very intentional perpetuated racism. Mm-hmm. And you know, we would be remiss to not point out that in that situation, um, you know, the cops were immediately booked. Oh, they were yeah. immediately charged. They were immediately taken off the force, everything. Yeah. And why yeah. was that? Because it was called on video? No. Exactly. Because they were all black. I mean, it, it's just, uh, it, it's like they don't even try to hide things anymore. Like Exactly. Exactly. And then they're like, well, look at what we did to them. Right. Congratulations. You got, you got four black men who deserve everything that they're going to get to them. Everything that's coming to them. They deserve that. Congratulations. You did a wonderful job of taking care of them. What about the 50 other black Where's men? Where's your outrage against, against Derek Chauvin? Chauvin, exactly. whatever. Yes, yes. Where were We're your still marching. Them? Mm-hmm. We're still marching for some of these people. And it's just like, some of them are still sitting on a cop's payroll, on their payroll. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it's crazy that they feel that they can do whatever they want because they have a badge and a gun. And it's insane for us to feel that they're there to protect us. I don't feel protected. No. You haven't you haven't saved me from anything. What you've done is you caused me to have to have a conversation with my niece and nephew who, you know, who who shouldn't have to, but now have to be in fear of how to deal with the police. I shouldn't have to say, so when a cop comes to you, make sure your hands on that steering wheel. Don't reach for your phone. Don't reach for anything. Don't look for anything. Just put your hands on that steering wheel and face forward. Give them your name, and that's it. Just don't, if they ask something, say, can I please reach in my back pocket? And I'll be damned, don't pull out shit else other than your license. Because I don't want you to be that person on the news, that next person on the news, being an angry, hostile, African-American person who got shot or killed because you were reaching for something. Those words were never spoken to me as a child. Of course they were. Why would? Hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Point made. Yeah. Point made. Yes. Yes. Of course they were. Because you are a young white woman. You were taught that the police were there to save you. And you never had to worry about anybody hurting you as long as the police were beside you. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy how, how do you, you're. 34. 34. I'm about to be 44. 40. Yeah, I'm about to be 44. We're 10 years apart. But we're we're our our generational age difference isn't wide enough that we should be living the same parallel existence in this world, but have totally completely different views about the police, even at a young age. My my dad talked about police. My grandfather was my grandfather was a military man. He strong military man who always did the right thing. Even he was like, no, nah, I don't trust the police. Mm-hmm. And he was biracial. 
He was a biracial man who did not trust the police because he knew that the police did not have his best interest. Now, does this mean every cop in the world is like this? No, of course not. And I and I don't want anybody who's listening to our podcast who might be a police officer to be like, well, Patrick's against, you know, he's against me, even though he's never met me. I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm just saying the police as a whole. Do I feel they need to be defunded? It depends on what that means. Like, do I feel that we need to have a system in place to where cops are not the only person called to a scene when someone's raging or someone's angry or something like that? Do I feel that cops need more training than they're given? Do I feel that they need a social worker or psychiatrist there with them every every time they go out on a call like that? Do I feel that they need required vacations? They need required breaks. They need required time to be away from being out in the field after something happens, do I feel that they need proper training to be better to be better people out in the fields? Yes, a hundred percent. Do I feel that we should have no police? No, of course not. There, there has to be somebody out there to to keep not keep people in check because that's not their job, but they're there to make sure that when things go bad, there's people there we know that are willing to protect us. And they're not willing to protect the white us. They're not willing to protect the black us. They're willing to protect all of us. Mm -hmm. I think that the funding issue with police is that they're called on so many of the instances where they don't really even need to be there. We need social workers. We need medical professionals who can handle someone who is having a psychotic break, Mm -hmm. who is having a, you know, who's overdosed, things like that, you know, where they are acting erratically and everything. They don't need to be tased and shot every time. Right. They don't need people who are paid $30,000, $40,000 a year to work 12-hour shifts where they're absolutely beaten into the ground every single day yeah. and almost forced into corruption just to survive yes. and forced into substance abuse just to get the thoughts that they, you know, the the stress that they're under out of their heads every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't believe that all cops are bastards, but I do believe in, I, I do think that it's worth considering and worth putting into action, reallocating funds from um, hiring so many police officers. I'm not saying that, you know, we should pay them even less than they're already paid. No, reallocate those funds instead of recruiting for more and more police officers, instead of putting more and more money into weapons and all these different things, like let's go, let's go in more of a productive route for society and get these people the help that they need. Not all the people who were arrested and all, you know, they, they go after so many times have to remove, you know, people who are experiencing homelessness from, you know, areas and they're, they're having yes. like, you know, psychological issues and everything like that. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have to be with the cops all the time. And, uh, you know, they, they, those shouldn't be the first people who are called to, you know, to the scene when, uh, you know, when someone's just trying to, trying to get a little money to eat or, yeah. you know, anything like that. I mean, there's no reason that police officers, you know, the, the, that police department and, you know, there's no reason for cops to have fucking tanks. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's just crazy. I mean, it, you know, that's it's, the military is, is 
you know, here for big, crazy protection like that, you know, if you need it, but they shouldn't have all the fucking firepower that they have just to break out any time that they, you know, lose their minds on somebody. And I mean, like with what happened with the young man that was killed um, in January, he, you know, once they decided what they were going to do, once they finally released the footage of that, the president called in and was like, we have the National Guard ready for you if you need them. Because they just knew the city was going to erupt into so much hatred and anger and, or whatever. No, we are, Memphis is not, I, I, I don't feel like any city is like that. I feel like every city is like here for hoping that everybody does the right thing. And they want everybody to be to do the right thing. They want everybody to be healthy. They want everybody to be smart. They just want everybody to exist. They want to be able to live and walk in this world. So do I feel that if the city had erupted, um, you know, that's reminiscent of Rodney King's verdict. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember where I was when that happened. And I remember being a young man in high school saying, well, if that city were burned to the ground, I would have honestly felt they deserved that. Mm -hmm. Because they had on video, which this was a time before cell phones. This was a time before video recordings on cell phones. Like, they literally had on video where they beat the shit out of that man. Now, is Rodney King a a productive member of society to this day? I have no idea. Because I know he wasn't that much of one then. But did he deserve to be beaten the way he was? No. Did he earn that? No, he didn't. Cops, again, took the ability for someone to have a good mind, a good sense on their shoulders to say, hey, we we don't feel that this person needs to be on the out there on the street or whatever. So let's let's remove him from general population. Let's put him in, let's lock him in a holding cell or whatever. No, they literally took their clubs out and started beating the shit out of this man. Mm. This is constantly happening. This is constantly things that we're seeing. And I feel like this is things that have been happening for years, but of course nobody recognized it because we didn't have the technology that we have today for people Johnny on the spot to be like, hey, I'm watching you do this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not okay. The young man that was killed last in, in January, they caught them based upon video surveillance. And it wasn't, they, wasn't their cock cams, wasn't mm-hmm. their squad cars. These were just random recordings from all around them. Mm-hmm. Street view videos. Yeah. And it's just like, they literally took this man from the place they had him to another place and killed him. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to say, well, he was, he was, he tried to run. Mm-hmm. Stood on me, deserved to die. Nope. You didn't have to take turns. He was on the ground. You didn't yeah. have to take turns beating him. And you didn't have to take him to a different location to do that. Mm-hmm. If, if that's all you cared about was making sure that he didn't get away, you should have took him from the car to jail, car to jail. You literally took him to another location, which to me says that you were up to no good. Mm-hmm. It, it make it make sense. You don't it never will to me. I uh, 
Yeah, I want to say that in those situations, I would have, going back to the video um, of the folks who stood up, the community who stood up, I want to say that just like we're having these conversations and how important I think it is that we have these conversations and we research these topics and um, it's something that we stand up for every single day. You know, I, I want to say that I would have physically been brave enough to to jump in that situation too. Um, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and mm -hmm. seeing it, you know, from a from an outsider's point of view, is different. But I think it's very important that we stand up and we have these conversations daily, so that we can build our muscle for those situations. Completely agree. Completely agree. Whether that's just in conversation or in actual physical altercations like that, we completely have to be brave agree. enough to to speak up for who who are considered the least of these in the vulnerable populations. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love this show so much. Agree. And I love conversing <laughs> with you. And learning. I, learning I, I, always. I definitely enjoy our conversations because I, I feel like we we get both sides of the story. We get the almost fundamentalist upbringing of you to the casual Catholic upbringing of myself, and mm -hmm. then we get your lily white background from before, and you get my angry black background of now compared to everything. Like I, I love how we mix and we just we make a beautiful swirl. That's what we, we do. We a beautiful swirl. Yeah, and we're always uh, thinking. Yeah, and being happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully making other people think. Yes. And be sassy too. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, so this has been this is uh this episode has been a very interesting one. I really hope that all of our listeners give us some feedback into what they think about what we said and, and think about everything that we discussed and I would love We're to looking hear. For the view. Yeah, we want to yes. hear from the community, just like in this video, you know, that was sent to us by the queen of our focus group. You know, we, yes. we would love opportunities like this to hear from the community and what you want to hear us talk about and yes. what you would like to discuss. So I Very really enjoyed so. this episode with you as always. Thanks yes, for listening course, to sir. World <laughs> Talk 901. I'm Alex. And I'm Patrick. And let's just remember, just because you have a gun and a badge, that does not make you the man of the world. Have a good one. Squirrel <laughs> Talk 901 is a production of TJB Production Group, created and hosted by Patrick Pearson and Alex Carpenter. Produced, edited, and engineered by John Burnett.